Hello, and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Brandon Hassler in the house, founder and CEO of Market Campus. Hi, Jacob. Hi. Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. What's up? What's up? And I'm Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Vivint Smart Home. Oh, new title. That's right. Well, not new title, just new, new, new company. Job. New company. Yeah, I got a new job. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, good company. What's new? What's new in the industry? Lots. So much. So much. So much has happened in the last week since we last had an episode. Well, I guess we didn't, I didn't, we, we didn't we have didn't a record last episode. Week. Yeah. But a lot has happened in the past week, for sure. Yep. Last time we talked, uh, a lot of Snapchat chatter with Paxton and yourselves, which I guess a quick update, Paxton did say he would actually give it a fair test. Yeah, he uh-huh. said 30 days. What is your... Every single day you're going to get on Snapchat. Yeah, and I've done that. It's been 30 days. <clears throat> and how's it been uh, so far? It's been awesome. I really like the platform. I like how the expectations that things disappear, so people are inclined to be less formal, more real, more funny. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Snapchat. I think I'm going to keep using it and kind of get better at it. Uh, but I put together stuff that I'd learned over the past month into a presentation that I shared with uh, the team at 97th Floor so they could... Uh, so the older members of the Nice Hunt Floor team could know what's up on the new on that platform. All right. What else? Any other findings? Any Is, any findings? Yeah, like um, over the last thirty days, what what's popped out to you? Are you are you done? Like, do you want to keep using Snapchat? Do you feel comfortable in it? Like, yeah. what, what's the story there? Yeah, I feel comfortable in it. Uh, if you want to follow me, Paxton M Gray, uh, you can also just search for Paxton Gray. I think. Uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable in it. Um, my main thing is over the past 30 days, what I was looking for are ways that marketers can use the platform. And, uh, that's what I did. So I, obviously there's the ways that marketers can use the platform that Snapchat wants you to use, uh, talking about, you know, buying geo filters, uh, buying ads, working with their creative partners. I mean, that's kind of a big thing that just happened. Google and, or, uh, Snapchat announced that if you want to work with their ad platform, you have to work with their uh, their partners. So there's the creative partners and there's the data partners. I don't know. Anyway, there's certain companies that are certified to allow you to measure and purchase and kind of manage your campaigns for Snapchat, and only they have access to the Snapchat API. So you kind of have to go through them, but you get the option to choose among those companies. And then there are another set of companies that, Uh, are the ones who are like certified or allowed to build creative content for the platform. And they help to maintain, you know, the feel of Snapchat in terms of ads and things like that. Uh, Interesting though is that uh, VaynerMedia is the only company that's on both teams. So VaynerMedia can actually help you measure, help you buy ads, but then also design the ads and design the filters and things like that. That kind of pisses me off. Yeah, I mean... I have to say... Conflict of interest. Gary's probably Just earned kidding. it. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, there's a lot of people on Snapchat because of him, so... Well, he also invests in Snapchat, right? So sure. I'm sure that there's some, you know, under-the-table stuff going on there, too. Maybe. 
I mean, these partners get a cut, so it's very, I mean, that alone is above the table, but who knows? Maybe he gets a little bit extra. So I missed, uh, I was writing an email. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention to the the first thing you were talking about. Thank you. Yeah. That's nice. My bad. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, you were talking about a presentation you were giving to 97 cent floor employees. Yeah. What was that? That's what, that's, oh, that's basically it. what I, <laughs> so basically what I was looking <laughs> for, uh, as I was doing my test was how marketers can use Snapchat. And like I was saying, there's the traditional way that Snapchat wants you to use, which is buying ads and buying filters and buying things on their platform, which is uh, expensive. Sure. Well, it can be. It's it's less expensive than it used to be. It but used still to, really expensive. Yeah. I mean, it used to be that if you wanted to run an ad in one of their stories, it cost around uh, $750,000 just for one day. Yeah. Uh, now it's closer to $50,000 for one day. So expensive. But I mean, if you so work no, at a big company, no ma, that's not, not that bad. No ma and pa shops out there are are spending money on Snapchat. Probably not. Uh, but the the volume that they get, I mean, you're getting around $10 per thousand, which is... And then they don't, they don't have the ability to filter down, right? Like you can't geo-target a specific area. So if you're a local business, Snapchat probably isn't your, your uh, shtick. You can geo-target a specific area with filters and with facial recognition, but not with Discover Stories, as far as I'm aware. that That's weird, right? Like I feel like that's not cool. Um, I don't know. It depends on what your market is. Like honestly, according to Snapchat, they... Uh, get access to 41% of everyone in America who are the ages between the ages of 18 and 34. So if you are have if that's your demo, you know, yeah, if it's that's a demo on of, a national scale, right, exactly. You know, but if you have a shop in Provo, Utah and well, I mean, for them it. they have geo filters. So I mean, there's some way that they can yeah. tag and those are much less expensive. Well, and I think the trade-off is, you know, Facebook, Google AdWords, it's way more sophisticated in terms of targeting but with snapchat i think the attention level is a lot higher yeah. you know an ad on facebook or google plus or sorry not google plus google AdWords may show up but that doesn't mean the user is actually seeing it versus snapchat you know they saw your ad because it took up their entire screen yeah and according to snapchat i mean I, this this is data is provided by the very company selling it but according to them uh they get five times more swipe ups than banner ads get clicks. So the engagement is much higher if you believe the data coming from Snapchat. Yeah, I... And I do. Yeah, I, I believe that. And I don't think that's necessarily... I, I just think with how much money they're bringing in, I feel like there should be more options for companies who aren't nationally recognized or don't have a national audience. I, I feel like it should be an easy... Uh, everyone's doing that. Like, yeah. like, why can't you... Why can't I advertise on Snapchat for a local company in a little town in Utah? Well, again, you can with geofilters. Yeah, geo. You're talking about like the filters about like changing your face and stuff like that. So there's yeah, there's changing your face, but also just filters. So like it like when you're in New York, uh, in Manhattan, you can do a snap and then apply a filter that says Manhattan and has the coastline. So you could have your brand logo appear within a specific geography. For a certain amount of time. And yeah, those, but I want, I want to be in the Discover section. Yeah, well. That's what I'm talking about, you know? Sure, think, eventually they'll get there. But uh, yeah, eventually sure they're, they're, they're freaking Right making... now there's plenty of money in national <laughs> I brands. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, I'm more curious to know why you're so upset about this. <laughs> well, Jacob's getting ready to launch his bakery in a couple of weeks. No, yeah. that's not true. Well, there are Jacob's so many platforms. <laughs> LinkedIn is one that we've talked about in the past, and we don't need to drudge into that. But one that I just recently um, 
um, discovered was uh, Yahoo Gemini. Have you guys heard of that? No. It's basically Yahoo's version of AdWords. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they use a uh, so Yahoo, MSN, and Bing all use a Bing platform. It's all it, it's it's the same platform, and it was built by Bing. And uh, I was talking to Brigham, who's our PPC, um, our resident expert in PPC, and uh, and he's saying that uh, they're five years behind. Yahoo, MSN, and Bing are five years behind AdWords with their platform. And I'm thinking, what? These are like some of the biggest companies out there. Snapchat's one of them. Why are we having to wait for features on these huge companies when other companies already have them? I will say it's it's kind of good that Bing is five years behind because that's back when Google provided more data. <laughs> well, I, I don't know as far as amount of data being shared where they where do falls, i did talk but... to a bing rep and they said that they provide a lot more data than google does but yeah. they kind of have to to attract you to the platform mm-hmm. anyway uh, i don't want to spend all this time on snapchat and Wait, things that we've are okay. i do want to spend more time on snapchat because i want to talk about what i was able to think up uh of ways to use the platform without paying money which is, is... are you going to make a blog post on like 97 floor for people yeah. to yeah it's not it's not done yet right no i haven't even started writing it the presentation's done that was just internal i'm gonna write a blog post a big guide um but some ideas that i had uh which are you know obvious to to some uh but you i guess i'll just say one idea that i had that i think is kind of cool if you so each uh each campus in the united states has a permanent geo filter as well as uh some cities like uh new york has its own geo filter so Basically, uh, I'm sorry, not geofilters, yes, but I'm also talking about live stories. So uh, Snapchat sets up a geofence around a specific area, Mm -hmm. and anybody who's within that geofence has the option to contribute to a story, which can be seen by anyone else within that geofence. So uh, these are fences that uh, some of them can be temporary, like for events. So uh, the Grammys, they'll set up a temporary geofence, and anybody who's at the Grammys can view, can submit to this story. They have people that curate the snaps, um, and then the message goes out to everybody. They can see what happens at the Grammys, even though they're not there. So that's temporary geofences that they set up. But there are permanent ones that they set up, like around New York. There's a New York story, and everybody within New York can submit to the story, and it's curated, and and then everybody can see what's happening in New York if they follow that story. Um, The same thing is true for all major universities in the United States. So... As a marketer, what you can do is basically step inside that geofence and contribute to that story. Now, there is a moderator, so you have to get past it. You can't just be straight up, you know, uh, pushing your your product because that's not going to make it to the final story. But if you contribute to the story in some unique way, you can get through. And those audiences are huge. You know, thousands of people are watching those stories and they happen to live within your local area. Um, Is there a way to find out who the moderator is? Uh, not that I know. <laughs> like if you could find out and basically bribe them to get all your stuff through. Yeah. I guess that, that would be sneaky, but I have a sneakier <laughs> way. Sneaky. <laughs> I, have a, I have a sneakier way. Okay. Um, before I get into that though, I want to say one, one cool story with these live stories. Um, the, uh, Aggies, who is that? Is that the, that's Utah state, Utah state. So Utah state, um, there was this girl who had po- kept posting to the Utah state story and she called herself the spoiler girl, where she would tell the endings of sto- of movies that were old. 
and it was just funny, you know. Like she would talk about how Shrek, <laughs> sounds funny. Shrek's Shrek's uh, like the girl is actually an ogre by night, and like ruins the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, and so this other kid started like uh, getting mad at her, but just like fake mad that she was ruining all these stories. And then there got to be this like big fake battle between spoilers versus no spoilers. And uh, the whole campus kind of got involved. People were submitting to this story, weighing in. Uh, this one guy who was like studying for his exam says, like, you know, he's he's against spoilers. And then this other girl says, like, hey, you're cute. Good luck on your exam. I'm against spoilers or, you know, whatever. And then like this whole story develops where like there's this big, big fight between spoilers versus no spoilers. But then this couple meets and people say, oh, you guys should date. And then he asks her out in the story. She responds in the story. They tell where they're going to meet. And then you see in the story their actual date that day. Um, and people meet them on their date and film their date. Um, and then later that night, there's a big dance off between the spoilers versus no spoilers. And there's like hundreds of people in the library uh, at the Utah State, uh, in the Utah State Library. And they're having a, a silent dance off. And it's just like huge. And this couple that, like you see them kiss and everybody like goes nuts and uh <laughs> and and then they they become the referees for this uh silent dance off and it's just like it goes nuts it's a it's a cool really cool story that is a really cool story but if you were a brand it would have been cool to step inside that geofence when you found out that couple was going on a date and offer them free dinner at your restaurant um that would have been something that you could get through while also promoting your brand so so basically the idea is and the sneaky part is vigilance you just no. need to. So, the sneaky part is he interrupted. You me. can. Well, I, I know where you're going. <laughs> it's fine. The sneaky part is if you jailbreak your phone, you can manipulate your geolocation. So, from the comfort of your own chair, you could hop inside geofences all across the country and contribute to those stories. So, is that something that you read about that someone else found out about, or no. are you the hacker? That that's my idea. I don't know if it'll work, but that my theory is that it could work. So next step is to test it. The problem... Are you going to jailbreak your phone? Not mine, but I'll buy another. The issue okay. I see, or at least the struggle, is, yeah, you can identify as those locations, but still, like, the snap has to be about... So if it's a concert, there's no way you're able to, like, replicate the concert so, while trying to also get some sort of brand message across. Yeah. Right. Just so throw up a green screen in your, <laughs> I mean, you're thinking of events, whereas this is, uh, like a permanent geofence. So I there's not always saying. an event on campus and you can be in a room and just say you're on campus and people are going to think you are not just that, but even if it is at a concert and you manipulate your geo, what tag in your phone, you can still participate. People will know that you're not at the concert, but you could just say you're at the in the apartment building across the street, you know? That is true. That is true. Come on, Brandy. You got to be smarter than that. <laughs> I mean, Snapchat is so popular among people in colleges right now. I think it'd be worth a shot to see if something like that would work. So are you putting together a strategic, like, campaign for any clients? Or is this still, like, on a, a personal experimental thing? Yeah, just a personal experimental thing right now. Oh, If you're Red Bull... Reach out to me. Not Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, not Gary V. <laughs> so are we done with Snapchat? Yeah, we're done with Snapchat. Okay. If anyone wants to contribute to this conversation, if you have any hacks that Paxton would appreciate, which I'm sure he would. Follow me on Snapchat. Follow him on Snapchat and uh, hook him up. Maybe you guys can start a viral story together.
Brandon, did you have something you wanted to bring up? I know he does. Well, thanks to you this week for inspiring me to check out this article. It's been getting a lot of buzz. Did you did you do some digging beyond um, a little this is an bit article on on inbound that, that I came across? Are you yeah, talking about um, the whole link research tools thing. No, this is uh, the the uh, on page SEO is dead article. Wasn't that link? Oh, you're right. That was Ahrefs. It's Ahrefs. Yeah. So um, let me give some background, and then I'll give it back to you. So this article was published on Tuesday uh, on the Ahrefs blog, and the guy who wrote it, what's his name, Tony something? Uh, Tim Sulo. Tim Tim Sulo. He wrote this, he published it, and then he shared it on inbound.org, and it was at the top on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then it kind of fell down a little bit um, later on Wednesday, but it's gotten gotten a lot of buzz, a lot of comments. Um, Anyway, it's about how, the way he worded it he he called it on page seo is dead and then like two days later he's like you know that's not actually that accurate we actually changed the uh title on the blog to be more accurate i admit i used that title to get a little bit more attention and be more controversial but he did kind of redefine how he meant uh how he meant on page seo uh which isn't too far off base but um I'll hand it over to Brandon to get a little bit more in depth cuz you probably spent a little bit more time on it and have a better grasp of what what this all means. Well, so yeah, I went through, he posted like a blurb on inbound. And then if you wanted to go in more depth, you can go on to the actual blog post, which I did. And I looked through the different graphics. Did you read the entire article? I read the entire article. Cause it took it's me a long one. almost an hour. Yeah. It's really long to read it. If you're like actually like looking at the graphs, graphs and trying to come up with an analysis, but like, I don't disagree necessarily. I, I think a lot of stuff is exaggerated, but really, I, I didn't read one thing where it was like, this is going to hurt your SEO. It was, there's some correlation here, but it's not the most important thing. And then this one, there's some correlation here, which he keeps emphasizing correlation is not causation. And as he goes, like, there's some that had more weight than others. And it was the stuff that I would assume would have more. The big thing was relevance. So there's a lot of content that ranks. Because we teach, you know, as you're, you know, coming up in the digital marketing industry, content is a big part of ranking. And there's the on-page elements, the titles, the URLs and whatnot. But the actual content itself, in my opinion, is probably one of the most, if if not one of the most, if not the most important hmm. on-page elements. And a lot of these, uh, of the two million keywords that he analyzed Many of them never actually mentioned the exact match. And that's the key in this research is he's only looking at exact match, which the problem with that mm-hmm. is most people aren't searching in exact match form. Like they're not just typing in, you know, discount monitors. They're saying, what's the best monitor under $200? Yeah, let me let me actually take a step back because I think there's an important introductory element that we're missing here. And that is when he titled this article at the beginning, on-page SEO is dead, the first thing you think of is, well, on page, that's kind of the technical stuff, right? So that's your URL structure, your uh, title tag, meta description, content, H1 tag, those elements. Mm-hmm. And the reason why this had, I mean, it's basically clickbait. And the reason why it was so popular at the very beginning and uh, was because, um, and it was mentioned in, in comments or in the article itself, I can't remember. It was mentioned that a lot of people, when they get a new client or they get a new job and they're working for a new company or they get a new website or they're doing an audit, 
one of the first things they do is that technical SEO audit, which is typically considered the low-hanging fruit, right? Where you can do kind of a quick little audit for specific keywords on a landing page, and you can say, oh, wow, they only mentioned this keyword once out of these five elements, and only it's only mentioned once on the, on the, in the content on the page. I can easily add it to the URL, and I can add it to the title tag and the meta description or whatever, and, uh, and automatically get a little bit more authority and a little bit more whatever. And the reason why this was so controversial, I think, at the beginning is because people were thinking on-page SEO, that includes everything, not just exact match keyword, which is really what, what he was talking about. Um, anyway, so going on to what you were saying, it was just exact match keyword. And most mm-hmm. people don't type in exact match keyword, which I think is r- the reason why the correlation was so low, right? Yeah, and, and the big thing that the big winner I saw of all the points that he made was that relevance outranks, uh, you know, the, it doesn't necessarily matter that you have that phrase in your body of content X number of times or even at all. But as long as the content was relevant to what Google uh, thinks that the user is wanting to look for, then they will rank well. And rank brain, is that what yeah. it's called? Rank brain? rank brain? Rank brain, from what I've read, is supposedly the third largest factor in how you rank. And that's basically Google's AI studying all of these billions of searches coming in and becoming more and more human-like every day. And that's why you're able to type in phrases that are brand new to Google and still get relevant search results. So in that sense, on-page is definitely alive and well because you control that on-page content, that message, that value. And from what I understand, RankBrain sees like two searches that are similar in uh, what the searcher is desiring or what the searcher wants out of that So like intent. Yeah, intent. Uh, And then it will combine the two results. So it could be that you're trying to rank for a keyword that it's pulling metrics for another keyword. And uh, to to research just that one would, would put you down a wrong path. So I think that's the big error in all of this is that he's only looking at exact match, which is not something that matters as much, especially with rank brain. I'll also say that uh, this isn't really new. Right. I mean, it's kind of yeah. been as I mean, far as exact match specifically to what he was talking about. Uh, I think it's kind of old news that exact match keywords aren't as powerful as they once were. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a lot of buzz on here. I think it was most of the buzz was based on the misinformation that or the misunderstanding people had about the article to begin with. Sure. Before there was that clarification. Yeah. And I think uh, you and I talked about this this morning, Jacob, but I think reverse document term frequency analysis could play a big role in helping people rank, which basically, uh, to use example we talked about this morning, if you're trying to rank for the word Apple Watch, Google knows from all the other content it's fed that if you're writing something that is authoritative about Apple Watch, you should be saying the words rose gold multiple times throughout the article. And yet, if you're looking at just exact Mac match keywords, you're going to pump that article full of words like Apple Watch or maybe even synonyms to Apple Watch, but you're not even going to think about the words rose gold or space gray. So but Google pause looks real quick. at that stuff. What is a synonym to Apple Watch? Apple wearable. Oh, okay. Apple timepiece. Mac, not like Mac, not like Mac f- watch. Fruit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Fruit, fruit uh, timepiece. Uh, I, I don't think so. Yeah. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
Uh, no, that's a really good point. Um, anyway, so that's on-page SEO is dead. It's not really. It's just the exact keyword match is dead, and that's yeah. not even really dead because there's still a little bit of correlation. I hate and when people it's, say something's it's kind dead. Of old yeah, he kind of calls that out. In fact, the first line, he says, I know, I know, something is dead. Headlines are pretty overused, and most of the time the content behind these headlines is not worth your attention. But in this case, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. And he changed, he actually went back to the original blog post on Ahrefs and changed the title to something like, I actually have it up here. It's, uh, on, on page SEO in 2016, uh, data driven analysis. Yeah. Much more boring, much more boring. Nobody's going to click on that, but he did get a lot of, a lot of, uh, fire under people's bums on on (laughs) inbound.org. Uh, anyway, do you have something else you want to say? Cause I want to move on to inbound.org. There are a few things. I uh, well, real quick. So I, as I was reading this and you guys will remember, uh, the Utah sprinkler repair yeah, uh, yeah. search phrase, which that site always ranked number one, they're actually number four now. So they've moved down, but other than Yelp and Thumbtack, which are, uh, big authoritative websites, they are the first local sprinkler repair business to rank. And if you were to search this Utah sprinkler repair and look at their website, uh, Utah sprinkler repair.com, which I guess the very bottom is that what you're yeah, very bottom. It, there's just tons of keyword stuffing. And I looked underneath them. Number five is a one sprinklers, ut.com. And you click on their website. It's way more professional looking. They're not keyword stuffing. Like it looks like a real company. Whereas the Utah sprinkler repair, Looks like one of those like get rich quick scammy type websites with just like well, a big like a phone number. You would have uh, created when <laughs> yeah. you were like sixteen. Yeah, back in you know two thousand one, <laughs> and so I looked it up. I I went to Open Site Explorer and I wanted to see. Well, maybe Utah Sprinkler Repair has a lot of link signals. Maybe they have more social. Uh, Utah Sprinkler Repair lost every single category. In the competitive analysis. In the competitive analysis between those two websites, I don't even think they had they had zero links pointing to the page. And their page authority is one. The site that's below them is 22 page authority, which I know that's a different topic for, for Paxton, Paxton here. We'll, we'll dive into that eventually. <laughs> how authoritative is the authoritative score? But so... But then I, I searched for Utah Sprinkler Installation, and then that website, the A1 website, ranked, I think, number one or towards the top. Utah Sprinkler Repair was down at number 10. And so that leads me to believe that even though the number five website had all of the social signals, like they, they were winning in that court category, they were winning in links, they were still ranking below. And the two things is UtahSprinklerRepair.com, do, do those you know domains still have weight? Google says no, but then there's I still read some things out there that show some correlation. Um, but then you're talking the, about exact match domains, yeah. And so and and their page main like their title tag is uh, sprinkler repair dash home. So they are purely going for that sprinkler repair. But any other sprinkler terms for Utah, they don't do very well. So it's interesting how they're outranking websites that have all the legitimate got, stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, and we've talked about this keyword stuffing in some instances. Still works. Exact match domain, I believe, still works in some uh, industries, some locations, you know, all that stuff. Uh, in most cases, I don't think it does. And they probably, uh, Google does a pretty good job of capturing that. But they, it still works. It yeah. still works. I think it mainly works when you're in a very local niche, uh, very uncompetitive 
industry, you have a lot of wiggle room of the rules that you can break or the things that you can try versus if you're yeah. trying to rank for home security systems. Yeah. You good know, luck. I'm sick of Utah sprinkler repair ranking number one. Can number four do, now. Can number four. Well, if you search for sprinkler repair in Gorham, they rank number one for sprinkler repair in Orem. Ah, well, that's that's one of their keywords on Not there. Not in the local pack, though. <laughs> I need. I, uh, can we do some negative SEO on these guys? I need them to be gone. I do. They not, could be fans of the show. No, no, no. I love that they're there. They're I don't want to use. I don't. I, I don't want to keep having them as an example. That's what I love. I, like I want to keep them there as long as we can because they're the perfect example. <laughs> let's okay. Let's do some some uh, non-negative SEO. Some positive stuff. Let's keep them up there then for you. Oh, okay. So inbound.org. Uh, all of us are members of inbound.org. Uh, Brandon, you were you brought up the other day the the new thing about badges. Are you are you into that? Uh, yeah, and I and I just got an email from them today, and I guess they've adjusted it because people complained that it was too easy to become a power Pro. or super user. Oh, it is, yeah, because I hadn't been on there a while, and I go on and I'm a power user, which. Their criteria is basically you're active on at least once. It for says four times uh, a community member must comment or start a new thread at least once per week for four or eight weeks. The major change is that upvotes no longer count as a qualifier. So you can't just upvote and count yeah, that as activity. You got to be a little bit more engaging. That's fine. I, here's a little hack I learned with this uh, uh, SEO on page SEO is dead article. Um, so I. I went on to inbound Tuesday morning when it was at the top, but it had very, it was like right after they posted, it maybe had 11 upvotes right now. It's how, how many does it have? 100, it over 149. 100, yeah. So it's 149 now. And I got there when it had about 11, it was trending and there were maybe four comments, but one of the guys commented and, and the link he shared was a 404. So I just commented, Hey, yeah, I saw your that. link was a 404, but then someone else tried it and it worked. And then later I tried it and it worked. So I, I don't know what the deal was. Well, he said that he, he fixed said he it fixed in between it. the time both of you checked it. Oh, really? So your comment made him go back and oh, check it. I, okay, so I missed that comment. <laughs> I was just like, I went back later. I was like, oh, it works because someone else had commented that that it worked for them. Anyway, so that one, that's all I did. I, I made a comment. I said, hey, this is a four four. And then some chick, she was like, hey, it's working for me. And then I was like, and then I commented again on the same thread. Oh, that's weird. It's working for me now too. And, uh, and that's all. And then all of a sudden, um, I'm getting all these people following me. Anyway, if you want, if you want inbound followers, <laughs> just go to the the up and coming, like the trending articles at the top, and just leave any any comment. Apparently, and people will start following you. So, what is it? What what uh, do you get by being a power user? Bragging rights. Yeah, man, you get a little badge next to your. It's kind of like the verified uh, check on um, Twitter, except. You have to maintain it. You know what I mean? Uh, no. So I'm a. I, I have a little yellow badge. That means you're super super power I think user. That's the highest Wait, are level. you talking about the yellow dot up by your profile? Yeah, that's not what I'm oh, talking it's... about. No, you have to go because uh, that that's yellow, the badge. That's yeah. Well, that's one of. There's a lot of different no, no, badges. No, 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 no. This is different. This is different. I'm telling you guys. Look, if, yeah. If you look at the top, like in the navigation, is that what you're talking about? It has a little a yellow dot. So these people have little yellow dots. Yeah, so if you go... And when I hover over, it says superpower user. And then I have that same little yellow dot. Well, because I wasn't a superpower user, and I had the yellow dot. I had... Uh um, I don't think that I have been active, so I doubt that I am. Just looks the same. I'm trying... I'm I'm going to find this real quick. I'm going to go... Because in my comments... 
um it has that yellow yeah it has that yellow dot but it's bigger and it has the infinity sign so like the inbound logo mm-hmm. oh dang mine's gone now how was that i comment i, I had it two days ago when i'm commenting commenting but then two days go by and i'm not doing anything and i lose my my freaking badge i didn't do anything for the badge and then i do something and i lose it i don't know why you care so much about it to be honest really really paxton yeah like a video game you just like you to be well me. decorated they just yeah it's gamification man it's a badge well it's, badge it's more bar. like if you had been working for it and then lost it then i would get it but you, <laughs> you got it by accident well i have the yellow dot on the navigation like my okay picture. so that must not be but power, not superpower user then even though that's weird that it's the same looking thing i'm sure that's like a, some mistake with the platform okay i'm just gonna add a comment right now love this article so looking good. Forward to the next. And then I'm going to post this. Okay. And nothing happens. This is bull. Sorry, man. This article, this one about um, uh, embedding and sharing best practices for video marketers, it's been up at the top for too long. Yeah, that's true. Two days. Two days is too long. Time for the segment, what's at the top of your feed? <laughs> Which feed? I don't care. We, you ask that every time. Just pull up Twitter and Facebook and tell me what, uh, what's, you know, the most interesting. Mm. Oh, I got one. That's oh, good. dang. Mine's like terrible. So at the top of my Twitter feed, I've got a tweet from Sheena White. She has a quote from Colin Art Davis. The road to success and the road to failure are almost exactly the same. Well, guess what, Sheena? I'm unfollowing you for that bullcrap. So the top of my feed is a tweet from 97th Floor. And we just got done today volunteering with the United Way. Uh, we're uh, playing with some kids at a park. Oh, you said troubled youth. I was thinking like teenagers. Those that's guys what are they, like six years old. Yeah, that's what they led me to believe. Like they said the <laughs> word mentor and stuff. So I imagined that they were going to be teenagers. But yeah, I was they talking were to Paxton this morning. He's like, kids. yeah, it's, it's for troubled youth. And I was like, oh, you're going to get shivved? He's like, <laughs> like, I don't know. But now he's like playing with six-year-old kids. <laughs> Instead yeah. of just daycare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like elementary school kids. It's like an after-school Let me see community program. Again. You know, I've always I've seen a lot of these pictures where they have like that giant. That's kind of a small one, but that giant like sheet thing. Yeah. It's like used to be like a parachute or something like uh-huh. that. Did you never play with those in elementary no, school? No, never. Oh, dude! Wait, you did you launch all those out. balls in yeah. there? Uh huh. And then what? You try to catch them, or you just look at them while they fly? Yeah, we just collect them up. All the kids? You didn't collect any? I'm sure I did. You're, this I, was I like remember. an hour ago. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I, I don't remember. <laughs> it wasn't that important of a detail to me? Yeah. Hey, man, that looks like a good time. Yeah, it's a blast. We're doing it uh, every month. So once once a month, we go and volunteer at those kids. Very oh, cool. That yeah. is cool. We should do that more. Actually, Vint does have a, a charity arm. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Arm. Yeah. They they do a lot of work for um, challenge, challenged people. <laughs> I can't remember how they define it, but. Cool. Uh, real quick before we close, wait, what's, well, up? what's yeah, the top, need, uh, top, top of my feed? It's a story from Yahoo Sports. Swedish soccer player gets red card for farting during game. <laughs> what? what? So this is not an onion story. This is Yahoo Sports. Is anyway. that from Not the Onion? Uh, no, it's subreddit. 
Is it on the bunion? It's, it's just in my feet. That's all I know. Not the bunion though. <laughs> what are you what do you follow? What's the second thing on your feet? Technically that was because someone else, my family was tagged in it. Second thing is an ad from Google trying to get me to buy a domain. And then it's 97 floor talking about how Chris Bennett is such an amazing CEO. Is that with the Stevie Award? Yeah. The executive yep. of the year or something? Yeah. Uh, but my thoughts were, since our last conversation, our last podcast, Microsoft purchased LinkedIn, $26.2 billion, I believe. Wanted to get your guys' quick thoughts on... Say that again. Microsoft purchased LinkedIn for oh, $26 billion. Yeah, I saw that. Do you think that is a waste good of money? or bad? <laughs> um, I think it fits perfect with Microsoft. Good for who? For the user? Or just in general? Like, or good for Microsoft? Good for the network. Oh, like, good for the network. Is it good for LinkedIn? Like, is this, like, a lot of people make the jokes because Microsoft's behind it. Oh, great, we can kiss LinkedIn goodbye. Like, this is the the official death kiss. Well, that's interesting because I feel like LinkedIn was doing that to themselves. The fact that Microsoft spent that much money on LinkedIn, which slightly blows my mind, uh, makes me think that they will do everything they can to make it successful in order. I, I don't know. There are a bunch of smart people that work at Microsoft, right? Well, that last it's year, good, it's probably good for the it's probably good for the network. Last year, they tried acquiring Salesforce for fifty five billion, and Salesforce turned it down. So I think this was their move, which is smart because a lot of Salesforce and many other of the CRMs out there, like the big data they pull from, is LinkedIn yeah. profiles, and now Microsoft owns that database. Oh, so I love that. I didn't smart that. move on their side. I think this will kind of set them up to So they're like, compete. Hey, Salesforce, we want to buy you. And they're like, screw you. And they're like, fine, we're going to buy Inst- uh, LinkedIn and screw you. So this is probably the death of reportive then. Could be. Well, I was just having problems with that the other day. You think so? Yeah. They'll so shut down those, the API or something? Yeah. For those that don't know, reportive is a Gmail extension that you can install that basically will recognize an email that you're trying to send to and pull up their LinkedIn information. It's also a good way to guess email addresses of people you don't know but are trying to get in touch of because if it pulls up their profile image on that email address that you're guessing, you know that that's the email they use. So we can probably kiss that goodbye. Can you imagine if Microsoft had uh, just woke up and just was really pissed off at Salesforce and just decided to Shut cut off, off their API? Like. Uh. I'm that sure would they be, would never do that. They would never do that. No, but they wouldn't. Like they had the power to technically, unless there's contracts in place. But anyway, yeah, I thought I just want to get your thoughts on that. So that was all I had. Personally, as a user, I'm not, I'm not pumped about it. Well, not a big fan of uh, almost anything from Microsoft. So <laughs> not even the Xbox. Even I mean, the I Xbox, like the I do, game. I the games like the are Xbox. cool, but their user interface is terrible. I think well, everything about the platform is terrible games are fine whatever but well the games are made by another they're not made by exactly and it takes like 15 minutes to start a game you have to like go dig through menus and a bunch of bull crap do you own xbox or do you are you a playstation guy to be honest i'm neither which is part of the reason why i it's like such a problem with me (laughs) i don't want any i'm used to the stick in the cartridge hit power and you're playing like (laughs) i don't like to sign into crap i don't like to to go through menus just to play my game all right. So. so I have one last thing. Um, at the top of my Facebook feed, which I shared my Twitter feed, but at the top of my Facebook feed, there's a post from Nate Birch. Do you mm. guys miss Nate? I do miss Nate. Every day. Come back to us, Nady. Anyway, 
He said, I've unknowingly been looking for this word most of my life. I saw that and uh, didn't bother clicking on it. I clicked it. Basically, it's a word that describes the smell of rain. Oh, yes. I, yeah. And the word is petrichor. And it's used to describe the, dis- the distinct scent of rain in the air. Or, to be more precise, it's the name of an oil that's released from the earth into the air before rain begins to fall. What? Yeah, I don't know. Huh. But the origins, Petra, comes from the Greek word stone, and Iker, which is Greek mythology, is the uh, ethereal blood of the gods. Hmm. All right. So, word of there the you day. Have it. Word of the day is Petrichor. Interesting. And Nate, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, you're a big dork. <laughs> <laughs> But okay. we love you. Yeah, we do love you a lot. Let's go to lunch next week. That's all the time we have. If you want to reach out, hit us up on Twitter, below the fold IO. Alternatively, you can reach out via email at inbound at below the fold IO. Hit Paxton up on Snapchat. Paxton M. Gray, G R A Y. Paxton M. Gray. Brandon on Snapchat. Brandon Hassler. H-A-S-S-L-E-R. <laughs> In case you're wondering how to spell that. And More I'm like also Brandon on Hustler. <laughs> although I'm not very active. And I believe my username is Bocadj03. Bocadj. Bocadj03. Until next week. Later.